the ultimate pro basketball preview presented by Odyssey and Locked On Podcast Network. Contenders. Welcome to the first episode of the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. This six-episode series will answer all of your lingering questions about the NBA season, and it is packed with the Locked On Roundtable with local experts covering their teams every single day on their Locked On NBA shows. We'll also go nothing but bets with the Locked On Bets podcast host, Lee Sterling, and your boy Q talking about the betting angle. We'll go with NBA expert Trisha Crick of the Heat Check podcast to talk more in-depth about these teams. We'll hear from the fantasy side from Josh Lloyd of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Show. And then the voice of the NBA draft, Locked On NBA big board host Rafael Barlow will join us to talk about the players that some of these tanking teams are going to tank for later in the series. I'm your host, Nick Angstead, daily host of the Locked On NBA and Mavericks podcast. Before the series, I'll be your host as we visit over 30 different experts to get you ready for the NBA season. Today, we begin with the contenders category, the teams that are the favorites to win the NBA Finals. These are some of the best of the best in this group. Who is the pretender? Who should be the number one? We'll answer the biggest questions around the Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks, Brooklyn Nets, Los Angeles Clippers, and of course, the defending champion, Golden State Warriors, as we kick off the ultimate pro basketball preview 2022. To kick us off, here's Trisha Crick of the Odyssey's Heat Check podcast to tell us who the title favorite should be of this group. I hate to say this, I really do. It's Golden State, and that's pretty much it for me. Like, it's not close. Like, Steph, for some reason, it's almost like no matter what happens, age just doesn't affect him. Every single year, it feels like he's more and more unstoppable. And, like, all those defensive issues that he had, gone now. He's a, a real deal defensive player. Clay, I don't really care about all of this drama that has surrounded him about that mental block, about that scrimmage that he got injured in. That was three years ago. I can't imagine that this is something that really is going to be an issue going forward, moving uh, in the long term. And and then on top of just the core, like this is one of the best cores in the NBA, but also, if not the best, I think they've got the best young group as well, right? It's actually disgusting. They've got not only just Poole, Wiggins, Looney, but they've got Wiseman. Wiseman, if he can stay healthy, I mean, that's been an issue for a long time now. But you've got Moses Moody, who is an absolute beast in the summer league. If Kaminga can get his head right, I know maturity's been an issue for him. Uh, and then the biggest factor for me on top of that is is Patrick Baldwin Jr. This is a kid, if he would have gone to Duke, Golden State would have had no chance to have gotten them, right? So long, athletic, he shoots the three really well. I don't think he's going to get a ton of run right away, but I think he's one of those guys that you see in, in the postseason really becoming a factor. Uh, and then another a, a sneaky piece for me that could step in for Gary Payton II is going to be Dante DiVincenzo. Very athletic, a very bouncy 6'4 player. He can do all the same things that, that Gary Payton could do. And I really like him in the system. He's already won a title. He's, he's got that championship DNA. And on top of Golden State, I think you have to really say LA Clippers and the Milwaukee Bucks. They're the only teams that I think really can match up with Golden State. Obviously with Giannis, as long as Middleton's healthy, I think this team from the East is the best. And you know, the Clippers are probably the deepest team in the NBA with Kawhi, Paul George, if Paul George has that mentality that we want him to take another step. But on top of that, they've got Norm Powell. They've got, you know, Robert Covington. They've got just a plethora of riches, right? Batum, Reggie Jackson, and the addition of John Wall. If John Wall is healthy, oh my God, this team could be scary. Welcome into the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022. These are the contenders. We are the Locked On NBA hosts. We host daily podcasts on each and every one of our teams coming in from Brooklyn. 
It's Adam Armbrook with the Locked On Nets podcast. All the way in Boston. Looks like he's in the garden right now. <laughs> John Corrales here from the Locked On Celtics podcast. All the way from uh, Milwaukee via Australia. Dane Pittman from Locked On Bucks with a very Milwaukee accent. <laughs> uh, from the title winning Golden State area. <sighs> Cyrus Otz's Locked On Warriors. And then from uh, from all the way down in uh, Los Angeles. Darian Vaziri locked on Clippers podcast. There we go. Those are the players. These are the contenders, at least who Bet Online considers the contenders. We have them in order of their odds right here. Uh, let's start with this gentleman. Who should be the title favorite? And I guess we'll start with Cyrus because your uh, Warriors are the defending champions. So who should be the title favorite? And uh, should anyone else be here? Yes. Yeah. I, I, the way I have it broken down, obviously the Golden State Warriors should be the favorites. I mean, they're, they're a team that won the title convincingly. Uh, you know, the two players, the, the Gary Payne, the second loss was big. I don't doubt that. Um, Otto Porter Jr. to the Raptors was a big loss, but Jamal Green was a huge pickup. Dante DiVincenzo was a huge pickup. But more importantly, they have three lottery picks that they're ready to ascend in terms of playing time and, and their roles. And you still have Stephen Curry. You still have Draymond Clay. This is a team that should be the favorites. Now, when you go beyond that, I have Canes, Bucks right below them. Uh, below that, um, I have the Memphis Grizzlies, who I think deserve, deserve to be in this conversation, but they're not here today. And then below that, I have the Celtics and I have uh, the Clippers. Um, I don't think the Nets should be here. I'm sorry, man. Sorry, Adam, but uh, I just don't <laughs> think they're worthy. And that's who I think uh, are your contenders. We'll do this debate style. So since you got mentioned by name, Kane Pittman, are the Milwaukee Bucks, should they be the number two team or the number one team considered for the NBA title this year? Uh, I think so. I think that they are. I think the Milwaukee Bucks are arguably the most stable of the contenders on this call. I think there's the least to be concerned about in terms of personalities and, and the locker room. And the Warriors obviously have been together for a long time. But I don't think that it's any surprise that no one really talks about the Milwaukee Bucks in the offseason because there's no real controversy but then at the start of every season for the last four, they've been one of the favorites to win it all. In my opinion, I think they've got the best player in the world on the roster as well, even though he may say that Steph Curry is actually the best player in the world. So it's an interesting debate. But I think the, the Bucks are a, a safe bet to be a contender. I mean, as, as I can just chime in here as the team that uh, did not lose the finals convincingly. Uh, <laughs> I would say, I, would say I, I, am fe I, I fear the Milwaukee Bucks. That's one away from seven. Fear the deal. I fear the Milwaukee Bucks uh, <laughs> more than I fear the Golden State Warriors. Look, I, as as great as the Warriors were, I do give I do do give the Warriors full credit for for making that that championship run. They were great. They deserved it. But that's that's an older team, and older teams have a real hard time repeating and getting back to the finals. It just doesn't happen that often. So you gotta you gotta start looking at just what the what history tells us and. Even now, I, I understand. Like, I should be advocating for the Boston Celtics, but the Emu Yudoka <laughs> controversy, I will admit, probably hurts the team a little bit out of the gates. But the Milwaukee Bucks, having been eliminated, uh, playing a tough seven-game series against the, the the Celtics, that that hunger, something to prove. Uh, I, I think there's fuel there for the Milwaukee Bucks. I would not be surprised if the Bucks are champions. I, I would say they're the favorites more than anybody. 
So the Ime Udoka controversy, he is the he was the head coach of the Boston Celtics, and he is now going to be suspended for the entire year. I don't think that many of us expect him to be back as the Boston Celtics coach. Uh, they also had the Robert Williams injury to start the season. He's their center that's going to be out for a while, their starting center, as well as Danilo Gallinari, who's going to be out for the year. He was going to be a big addition for them. John, how do they overcome some of these obstacles, or do you expect them to? It sounds like you have the Bucks higher than the, the Celtics because of all these things. I think I think it does. I, I still think the Celtics are in that tier. I mean, there's a reason why they're in this conversation, but it's just a, a little bit of a curiosity of how are they going to come out of the gates? They have Joe Mazzulla, who they've elevated to interim head coach, but usually when a head coach comes in, he's able to hire his staff and make a plan and execute his own plan. I, I talked to him today, and he, he said the, this, this schedule that – the Celtics are following in training camp was put in place before he got the job. So he's still following Ima Udoka's schedule. That's how uh, quick everything happened here. So I just need to see how they react. He's doing a good job keeping things consistent, but Robert Williams, one of the best defensive centers in the league out until probably late December, that's going to hurt. And it's going to be hard for them for somebody like Luke Cornett, who most people don't expect much from, you're gonna have you're gonna ask these role players like him to come in and make a, a big contribution early. They're leaning on consistency. They're leaning on their stars, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They're leading on on a team that went to the NBA Finals to kind of know what it takes and kind of rally around everybody. But I, I still think there are si- significant questions going into the season that that knock them just a touch below the other big contenders. Speaking of significant questions, the uh, the Los Angeles Clippers have been this team that's flirted with being a dominant like contender in the NBA. Darian Vizieri, why is it this year that the Clippers could be the title favorites? Well, it starts with the head coach, Ty Lue, who I think is one of the best coaches in the NBA. He has had the ability to motivate the team, even with the best players, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, out, either one of them being out or both of them being out. He has the ability to inspire and get the team to get wins, even without both of them. And now that they're both coming back, it's going to be so exciting, especially with the depth that the Clippers have. They still don't know what the starting lineup is going to be. It seems like based on the reports today, it's going to sound like Reggie Jackson, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Nicholas Batum, and Ivica Zubats. And then that leaves a bench with four guys who have been starters on playoff teams, John Wall, Norman Powell, Robert Covington and Marcus Morris and to throw in Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard. I mean, Ty Lue has so many decisions to make. There are so many good players on this roster, a lot of versatility guys that can switch on defense onto multiple positions. And mainly they all seem to like each other and understand that the goal is going to be to sacrifice and to throw your egos out the door and just work collectively for that championship goal, because the Clippers have obviously never made it to the finals, never won the championship. And everyone knows the opportunity that is in front of them. They just need to stay healthy, buy in, and execute. Simple as that. Speaking of all your stars liking each other, let's go to our last host here. It's Adam Armbrecht from Locked On Nets. Um, <laughs> the Nets are top five in final, like in title odds across lots of sports books. I don't think a lot of us in like in NBA media think that the Nets should be here. Are you going to defend the Nets' position here as a contender, or is there too many questions? 
No, it's completely reasonable to look at the Brooklyn Nets in the last two years, whether it's the injuries, whether it's the impact of the pandemic um, and how it's created certainly nothing less than a tumultuous situation. And we're coming off of an offseason where Kevin Durant did request a trade. He ends up still being here where Kyrie Irving didn't get his extension. He's still here. And then, of course, the mystery factor of Ben Simmons coming back into this fold after essentially being away for over 18 months. He hasn't been on the court either. So it's it's not easy for me to sit here and say, well, let me explain to you why it all works out. And by the way, the Clippers, who have some, I think, at least similar type of questions in terms of they haven't been there in recent history without Kawhi Leonard being present. We know they have a, a better track record of success with him. They also have Ty Lue as their head coach. The Brooklyn Nets have the extra layer of Steve Nash being the head coach, not regarded as one of the better basketball minds from the bench standpoint. So all those things are reasonable. However, if we're going to sit here for a second and just say, look at the talent on paper, there's no three players on any roster throughout the NBA that you would say the Nets can't go toe-to-toe with, with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons. It doesn't mean that it's all going to work out perfectly for them, but that's why you put them into these conversations. And, and admittedly, we talk about who's deserving to be here. You can look right there at the team where the once Brooklyn net briefly, James Harden went to in the Philadelphia 76ers and say, they've proven more certainly even in their short time together after the trade last season to say, maybe they should be a part of it. I find it interesting that the Phoenix Suns, who were the number one seed, right? Um, three out of the top four seeds in the Western Conference are not a part of the contenders list. So that's like a fascinating thing to look at, which includes your Dallas Mavericks and the aforementioned uh, Memphis Grizzlies as well. Uh he had an interesting statement there about the three players that could go toe-to-toe with anybody in Kyrie and Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons. That is a trio. We haven't seen them yet. Uh, but Cyrus, that kind of that kind of draw, drew your attention because do you think that they're, the Warriors have three players that can go toe-to-toe with those guys? Yeah, and, and actually, I, I have to go back to John's statement about the Bucs uh, being the favorites and saying the Warriors are old. Uh, Drew Holiday's 32. That's the same age as Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Chris Middleton's 31. That's only a year younger. So the old thing, I don't really understand that, especially when you consider Andrew Wiggins is 27. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga is 19. Moses Moody's only 20. Jordan Poole's 23. James Wiseman is 21. And these are players that are going to be pivotal for the team this year. Some unproven, some very not unproven. Um, and, and, and when it comes to the Nets, is Kyrie Irving, I mean, what has he done? What has he done in uh, outside just, of making just, one big shot? Just hit one of the greatest like shots in NBA Warriors. history. Yeah, let's just Against let's just cover Warriors, this. So. Let's cover this very briefly here. Kyrie Irving is one of the best pure talents in the NBA. You can like we can compartmentalize. You can shrug about offensive, it. There's, offensive. Don't okay. Don't great. Okay. Fantastic. There's very few two way talent, two way player talents. Right. I mean, even the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry is as good as it gets, and he is very good at being a pest defensively, but we're not going to sit here and say that he is a top-notch defensive guard in the league. I will push back on that. He's one of only two players in NBA history to lead the league in steals and not win defensive player of the year. For The other one, Russell Westbrook? (laughs) So let's go ahead and contextualize it, right? Steals are great. It's not the end-all, be-all stat defensively. But for his size, he's not a liability. I I, I would would dare... I would dare you to name another player who's 6'3 in this game who's that much better than him as a defensive player. Not to mention, every time players try to pick on him, as John Kralitz, the Celtics, learned, it doesn't work. He is not a defensive liability. The metrics support that. And even the eye test now shows that with a strength. But I, I digress. I'm sorry. No, and that's and that's fair as well. And by the way, again, like I'm not going to put the trio of unproven, have-not-played-together talent of the Brooklyn Nets over top 
of any other three players that you would want to say. When you say toe-to-toe, it just means that if I'm going to step on the court with a guy like Ben Simmons, who can defend one through five on the court, who can handle the ball, bringing it up, right? He's a point forward, can play the five if you need to, combine with Kevin Durant. And honestly, in a lot of ways, we think about the Brooklyn Nets as being a team that with the addition of Ben Simmons, effectively, let's call him a free agent addition for the Nets, he takes a lot of the defensive pressure off of Kevin Durant, away from Kyrie Irving, and then you can start to look at what they did this offseason, the other Morris brother that the uh, Clippers have, right? Markeith, veteran presence, has the size to kind of do some things there for you. They addressed the loss of who was kind of their glue guy in Bruce Brown, plays up defensively. Brought in Royce O'Neal from the Utah Jazz. It's not a you know, perfect like for like, but they're replacing those pieces. Uh, one of the big reasons that I think maybe this team starts to push into this contender category, if things go according to plan, is defensively, this is going to be a very strong unit when the Brooklyn Nets step, step out on the floor, combined with Ben Simmons, Nicholas Claxton, and obviously Kevin Durant. There is length here. That was their greatest weakness, regardless of what happened these last few seasons. Just give me a w- quick one sentence as I go around the go around the room here. The you know your team will win the title if blank. Kane Pittman. The Milwaukee Bucks will win the title if uh, Giannis stays healthy through the postseason and is able. Yeah, he just had a big Eurobasket campaign. So as long as he's healthy, they should feel like they're a big chance. Darian Vaziri. The Clippers will win the title if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are healthy in the playoffs, but also play fifty-five plus games each. I want to see that. Cyrus Sotts is the Golden State Warriors will win another title and you will continue to berate all of us if. <laughs> Great. Uh, just if they're healthy. I mean, they, they are the best team on paper and if they stay healthy, they should win it. John Krause, the Celtics will win the title if. So your first non-healthy answer. If they can stay together and persevere the early parts of the season uh, until Robert Williams comes back, but getting through this situation with Emi Odoka and all the uncertainty if they can stay together they will win the title play for the title together <laughs> you almost got the rhyme there uh, Adam Marbrecht you can do more than one sentence the Brooklyn Nets will win the title if I have uh six bullet points here I'm going to work through progressively <laughs> now I, I if Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons have their skill sets that are very complementary one another if they combine those together and get continuity they, they can win the championship. There you go. We will be back later on in the episode talking about the odds and who will win the title. What do we make of the Brooklyn Nets this year? What do we make about some of the other contenders in this room? We'll talk about that coming up. In our first five episodes, we'll hear from fantasy basketball expert Josh Lloyd. You can catch him Monday through Friday and more on Locked On Fantasy Basketball on YouTube and on the podcast. Here's Josh Lloyd's Fantasy Minute for the biggest things in fantasy basketball. The Warriors are an interesting one. I'm a little bit down. On Steph this season as compared to others, just a little bit of risk with rests. Um, Yeah, full season of Clay Thompson taking a few more shots away. Uh, Jordan Poole's going to be interesting, but there's a chance he's overvalued because in the games where Steph and Clay plays, he's going to find it hard to hit that 30-minute mark. The Celtics have a real big opening with Rob Williams going down. Uh, Grant Williams probably feels that. Malcolm Brogdon gets a significant boost as well in that situation. Milwaukee's probably the most boring fantasy team in the NBA. Although Chris Middleton is out to start the season, and that's enabling him to be acquired on draft night at a little bit of a discount. So I do like that for him. With the Clippers, I'm not completely shying away from Kawhi Leonard, and I'm definitely not shying away from Paul George, but other guys like Norman Powell and 
John Wall and Reggie Jackson, just a little bit too much uh, competition in minutes to really give them significant upside. While with Brooklyn, um, I'm, I'm all in on KD and Kyrie at respectable draft spots, of course. And I think Ben Simmons is being really, really undervalued. You can get him really late in fantasy drafts. And I'm all about getting him in that round six, round seven, even round eight type of range. Sometimes he falls down there. I think Nick Claxton has a little bit of sleeper value on the nets as well. Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Before we get to our next Locked On Roundtable conversation with our local experts, here's Trista Crick of Odyssey's Heat Check Podcast with her thoughts on the Brooklyn Nets going into 2022. Man, this team is so confusing. I don't really know if anyone knows what to make of them, right? GMs around the league don't know what to make of them. So you can tell that this team is going to be a conundrum for everyone moving forward. But this is probably the most amount of depth that the Nets have had since KD and Kyrie got there, since they gutted their team when they got rid of all those guys to get James Harden, which obviously was a terrible issue, right? But they actually have guys. They have dudes. We make fun of Steve Nash and his rotations all the time, but he didn't have a lot to work with either, right? And now he has dudes that he can incorporate in the rotation during important moments, right? You've got TJ Warren, who was an absolute bucket in the bubble. Is he going to be healthy? I have no idea. Could he be really dangerous if he is healthy? Yeah. Has he been on ice because he didn't want to be in Indiana and Indiana didn't want to break him? I don't know. Like, But he averaged tw- almost 27 points per game, six rebounds, two and a half assists in this, those 10 games in the bubble. He's capable of being very, very valuable. The biggest thing is Ben Simmons, of course. What is his role going to be, right, within the Nets organization? He said, you know, they've planned to, to basically use him on the ball, right? He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot in the half-court sets. He's not going to probably have it long. He's going to be able to pass a ton. Very quick passer. Very underrated passer, right? And has insane court vision. Has the ability to cut off the ball after the pass. I can't even believe that I'm giving Ben Simmons this much shine. But how he's going to be used in this net system, I think, has a lot of potential, right? He's going to be able to bring the ball up under pressure effectively. That opens things up for Kyrie and KD as well in order to be able to make shots. That makes Nick Claxton a real deal lob threat as well. The question is also, like, how does Ben Simmons stay healthy and engaged? Things look very good in the short sample size that we have. But we know Ben Simmons, when the lights get bright, tend to, you know, dim his own light, right? Defensively, the Nets are a mess. I don't know what they're going to be able to do. It's all about will for them. They have a bunch of guys that can defend. Kyrie can, KD can, Ben obviously can. So will they try to turn that on a little bit too late? Or are they going to be able to really put their mentality in and gel defensively, be able to rotate and help for one another? Optimism level, though, very high. Back here in the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview, that's the Locked On Host Roundtable. We have the Locked On Host covering every single one of these teams five days a week. And uh, let's start with this Brooklyn Nets team because they're we're including them in this contenders group. Um, Bet Online has them in the top five in title odds. They have Kevin Durant on their team. They're bringing in Ben Simmons. Adam gave a, a, a fairly convincing argument about how they could potentially win. But I'll start with you, Kane Pittman of uh, Lockdown Bucks. What do we think about this Nets team from afar and how do you make of what happened to them this offseason? Brooklyn Nets could be really, really good. And Milwaukee Bucks fans understand how close they were to playing a team that potentially could have beaten them two years ago if they were able to stay healthy, but they weren't, which is a very sad story for fans <laughs> of the Brooklyn Nets. But this season, one point that I do want to, to remind because 
you're clearly living in Australia. The people are very interested in Ben Simmons. Some people have completely lost interest in Ben Simmons as well, uh, which is probably pretty similar to the US. But uh, aside from everything else that people want to talk about Ben Simmons, he is a really, really damn good basketball player. And he hasn't played with guys in the perimeter that can do stuff like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Uh, he just hasn't had that type of talent and that type of skill sets around him playing for the Philadelphia 76ers. So I would say at this point, the Brooklyn Nets have said everything publicly that you would want them to say. It's been very happy. It's been very supportive, but he is playing in New York. So what happens when he comes back and plays basketball? So I think Ben Simmons is a real key and a real factor to this team, assuming that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving actually get along. Ben Simmons can be the one that can push them into uh, being a real contender this season. So that's the big watch for me. Do we think that the that the Nets will be able to overcome some some of these things? We think that Kane thinks they're going to be a good team. Darian, do you think that this this Nets team could still be fifty win team, make the you know make the Eastern Conference Finals, potentially play in the finals? Do you still see them as that kind of team? Because for for like the first year of Kevin Durant and Kyrie, and then James Harden was in there, they were the title favorites, and everyone just thought, well, it's just going to be their title, and we're just living in the season. I think absolutely they have a chance to be as. You know, I think they should be a part of this group, honestly. I think there's a lot of questions about them, especially regarding Ben Simmons, like Kane and Adam said. And I think Adam made a lot of good points about how much he's going to do for the size. I mean, the Celtics just bullied them. So to have him and then Royce O'Neal come in, and also two names that I don't know if he mentioned, Joe Harris coming back will give some spacing. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, all the attention that they get, it's going to be nice to have a really good, you know, somebody who's won the three-point shootout in the past, make defenses pay with that. And a guy that we didn't mention, TJ Warren, somebody who could come off the bench mm-hmm. and give you like 15 points a game to have him come off the bench. They really made some, some great additions in the offseason. And then guys like Seth Curry, Patty Mills, who won't have to do as much as we saw in that Boston series. I think the B- Brooklyn Nets have a really good roster. It's really all about, as Adam said, the continuity of their big three staying healthy. I think this is a, I honestly think Ben Simmons is a better fit alongside Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant than Harden because of his defense and the size. The last time we saw Ben Simmons play, he was in Defensive Player of the Year conversation. So I'm really interested to see them. They're one of the teams I'm most looking forward to watching this season, actually. Does anybody think that the Nets shouldn't be here? That they, they shouldn't be in this conversation and that they, they're not a real contender? I, I do only because I think the Grizzlies are worthy, but, at, but above the Nets. With that said, though, Adam made some incredible points. I, I, look, the Nets on paper... It's like the Clippers, man, and I made this joke in the in the chat room that nobody laughed at. Uh, it's but they, but they are they're very similar. They're they're teams that are top heavy in stars. They're very deep, but they have no cohesiveness. The the chemistry question is is big. I mean, these are guys. A lot of most of them who have not played together. Um, they haven't succeeded together. Uh, so it's a huge what if type team. But on paper, yeah, they're good. But I still have huge questions about them defensively. And I just continually wonder why the Grizzlies just are slept on, man. This is a team that had the second best record in the NBA last year. They pushed the Warriors as hard as the Celtics did. And and the reward for that is they're like a mid-level team, according to what the odds makers and the public deem. It's fascinating to me, but can I can I push back? Can I push back on that for a second? The only players that are coming in for the Clippers are John Wall and Robert Covington. Kawhi's played with every other player on this team. The Nets have way more new pieces. Norman Powell and Kawhi won a championship together. But was Norman Powell like a right. big part of that team? I mean, he was one of the eight rotation players that played fairly regularly in that. All right, all right. That right. Thing. That's so, why I feel like the Clippers they they they're get they they are far less deserving of of speculation around whether or not they're going to come together. Right, a lot of the pieces are there, a lot of the continuity is there. And just briefly on the Nets, 
You mentioned a guy like Joe Harris. Um, right now, TJ Warren just came out recently that he his timeline is pushing into the season a little bit. They're going to revisit where he is on his injuries. But don't forget, along with Seth Curry and along with Joe Harris, Patty Mills, the Australian brother of, Brent, of Ben Simmons, last year playing way too much, knocked down 40% of his threes. Like He is a low-key additional wing member that I do think actually benefits surrounding Ben Simmons, not just the two superstars. It's the other players that are looking for opportunities that Ben Simmons is more than willing to lean into. But I, I do think the Clippers struggle a little bit when it comes to the, sorry, they are struggling a little bit to get more credit when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies. I, I I'm not surprised in the sense that we know that the team, you know, quote unquote was better without John Morant last season when he was away from the game, I think that impacts lines when you think, when you look at it like that, where they go, Oh, well, your best player maybe is not a, as some people say, a force multiplier for everyone else on your team. Anybody the else Memphis not Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies also lost Kyle Anderson. They also lost the Anthony Melton, which were key players for them. So I think there's a little bit of a, let's, let's, let's have them prove it. But mm -hmm. as far as the Brooklyn Nets go, I, I will make a case for the Brooklyn Nets here because I, I think there are a few a few other aspects at play that haven't been touched. One, the front office and ownership won their quote-unquote battle with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant came in, requested a trade. He's a megastar that requested a trade, and the team did not capitulate. Now you have that. that that's a, a culture-building type of thing. That's support for the front office. If Kevin Durant can't break down that front office and get the GM and the coach fired, who can? So the owner has backed his coach, has backed his front office. So that quiets down a lot of the dissent. Also, the coach is Steve Nash. Okay, so he was not a great X's and O's guy. He wasn't brought in to be an X's and O's guy. Two things that help Steve Nash here. One, he's a megastar himself, right? If he, any sort of dissension, if it was me that was a head coach, I'd feel insecure about that, that Kevin Durant doesn't like me. But Steve Nash is like, who cares if Steve Nash likes or if, if Kevin Durant likes me now? Who cares if Kyrie Irving likes? I'm Steve Nash. I am a basketball god. So he's not bothered <laughs> by this kind of stuff. And he now steps back into the role of superstar who speaks a superstar language. He's not necessarily all X's and O's. It's just about getting Durant and Kyrie and Ben Simmons to play together. I think the point about the role players is good because they've got some really good role players on that team. I, if you take everybody's best case scenario, Brooklyn is in this conversation. Now we all know that best case scenarios don't happen at all in the NBA, but if we're looking at odds, if we're looking at why we're even having this conversation, if everything goes right for the Boston Celtics, the team I cover, they can be a champion. You can say the same thing about everyone else on this on this uh, roundtable, and that does include the Brooklyn Nets because you have Kevin Durant and you have if Kyrie Irving. My my final point about about Kyrie Irving, he's playing for a contract, so he 100%. has to be on his best behavior. He has to be. He talked about losing hundred million dollars making the choice that he made. If he wants to get a contract that's worthy of how he thinks of himself then he's going to be on his best behavior so he can get that next contract and then he can go back to doing whatever. So if Kyrie is ever going to be uh, playing along, this would be the season. So I do think the Brooklyn Nets are dangerous, even though they're volatile, even though there are a lot of questions, they are as dangerous as anybody in the NBA. It 
And by the way, just uh, you can't you can't win or lose a championship at media day. It went really well for the Brooklyn Nets. And just to touch on uh, the supporting cast that they brought in this media offseason, day went is, really well. It's, uh, hang, listen, hang the banner, you, hang the banner. It, it's not even about that. But I tell you what, when you hear every way that the, that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have talked to the media in reference to the team and to the situation, even just if it's totally a mouthpiece, it came across like they are, they have to John's point, they've accepted that this is where they are. This is where they're playing. And going back to last season, at the end of the season, Kevin Durant, social media, he made remarks about it. it's a wing-driven league. So after you get them to buy back into the organization, Sean Marks, Kevin Durant complimented the moves. Markeith Morris, Royce O'Neal, TJ Warren, even a guy like Yuta Watanabe from the Toronto Raptors who may have a short-term early season role for them. Like They went out and got longer. They got bigger. All the things that Kevin Durant was complaining about behind the scenes and said he had open discussions with Steve Nash about, they, they took that information in. They didn't want to give him up. They got him to stay, and now they can say, and we're also trying to evolve it. I mean, listen, everyone's speaking glowingly about the Nets, so I, I just think that obviously <laughs> it's an opportunity for them, and every other team I'd say in this group has far less to check off as the season gets underway to say that's why we're de deserving of being a title contender. And the last time we saw Kevin Durant want to leave a team, they won, they won the title. Like in the middle of the season, we knew that Kevin Durant wanted to leave the Warriors, and they went and, they went and won the title at that they certain point. But they, they almost did. Oh, they, they went did. to the title, and then he yeah, got yeah. hurt. But uh, they still went to the finals. Yeah, they would have won it, but yeah. We've, we, we've mentioned the Grizzlies. <laughs> we've mentioned the Sixers. Should anyone else be here? Or are we just – are we leaning on – if like if the title isn't won by one of these five teams? Well, Denver? Denver? Ooh, that's a good one. I was going to say Phoenix, but I think they're more pretenders than Denver. Denver is, can be lethal. Phoenix was almost like a little bit of a sleeper, right? Like they, they should be maybe surging here and all of a sudden get talked about a lot more. Jokic is the back-to-back -back MVP, man. I mean, he's he's he makes everybody better. They've gotten some good pieces. They're getting healthier. I mean, obviously, it's unclear what Porter uh, is going to be like, Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, if his if his health is going to hold up. You get Jamal Murray back. Uh, you 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 got they got uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope. They they got some they got some some good players around Jokic. Jokic is still. Uh, unreal, and he won't be the MVP this year because people, I think, have a little bit of fatigue. Uh, but he makes that team better. Whatever you think they are on paper, increase that seed by two because that's how good Jokic is. So, yeah, Denver can do it. We I never thought that, I'd disagree uh, with you so much, John. I never thought I'd disagree with you so much in one show, but the Nuggets to me are blatantly yeah. overrated. Look, Jamal wow. Murray comes back. I mean, you also shooting. think Steph Curry is an awesome defender, so I, got, I can't. <laughs> well, again, are you, are you going to disagree on that? I mean, if you are, like, what's your evidence? I mean, because he's small? What is that? Like, it's incredible how images of individuals dictate our perceptions of them. Like, the only reason why Stephen Curry is viewed as a meager defender is because he's smaller and that's it. I don't know what else there is. Like, why would you call him a weak defender? Who was exposing him anywhere in recent history? I don't. So that's that's ridiculous. But going to the Denver Luke, Nuggets, Luke was. They, would you? They yeah. Lost would you say, would you say that, does Curry? Does Curry? Does Curry defend up positions, or is, is he? Is he very good at defending what's asked of him, which can be good? But there's a difference between I serve my function defensively inside of a system versus I am a very good defender. I can go take on challenges when offenses are running switches when they're trying to pick on me. Seven, eight years ago, that would have been true. Now he's a legitimate, legitimately great defender, mainly because of his strength. 
He's a much stronger defender than he was. And he's one of the no. fastest players in the game. Again, he led the league in steals. I don't know if Russell Westbrook's the other player that didn't win the MVP of the year he did it, but it's it, it, the point is every measurable shows, you know, even all, even these fine metrics that are very subjective, they show he's a solid defender. The only but reason why people say he's not is because he's diminutive. It's not holding the them. It's not holding them back from winning a title, right? Like it's we, not, we, it never we, has. We can agree with that. So it never has, but you don't and, agree and, with, and, but you don't agree with the nuggets being a, a team that should be considered. Well, because you look at the roster. The only thing that, first of all, I don't think Jokic should have won MVP again. That was ridiculous. I don't, the MVP regular season award is so subjective to begin with. So I, I don't see that as like a, Oh, he won two MVPs. I'm impressed. No, I, I'm not that impressed. He's so a you great have. center. He's one of the best players <laughs> in the game. Cyrus just said, not my MVP. Is what <laughs> not my MVP at all. No, Giannis, Giannis should have been MVP last year. But uh, look, I mean, look. Uh, in the subjective award category. In the subjective Giannis. award category. <laughs> and in one of the closest MVP votes, by the way. It's not like he won it unanimously. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but Jamal no, Murray. Okay, so he's the second best player in the league. <laughs> and so you make it sound like, oh, he didn't win the MVP. He right. shouldn't have won it. He's crap. Well, well, let me ask you this. Which season matters? And how did he do in that season? Jamal Murray is okay. He's he's coming off an ACL injury. Ooh. We have no idea how that's going to look. Players don't come back from ACL injuries. That's also why I'm very skeptical of the Clippers because players don't come back from an injury like that and just take the league by storm. Didn't your like, guy have an ACL injury that he's coming back from that you're touting as one of the you know keys to a, a return to the finals. A ACL to- and Achilles. You're oh. talking about three years ago after he won a championship. You're criticizing Clay for that. Clay's gonna. Oh, I'm criticizing you for saying guys don't come back from ACLs. <laughs> he did already come back. That was last year. Let's stay in the present. Jamal Murray hasn't played in two years. Kawhi Leonard hasn't played in two years. Clay Thompson played thirty something regular season games, twenty something postseason games, and proved he's fine. We have not seen the evidence for Jamal Murray or Kawhi Leonard yet if they're going to be okay and come back full strength. Not to mention. Uh, Clay Thompson's surrounding cast was exemplary. He had players who could carry him while he's regaining his form. Jamal Murray could be great this year, but they also but lost he's got no surrounding Green. cast. I'm sorry? But I said, he's got no surrounding cast, he's including not. the MVP. Nikola Jokic. Okay, but again, subjective award. Look at, he's not a great defensive okay, player. Take away you, the MVP, you want, though. You if agree you look that at, hey, the Joker all, all subjective metrics, even the fine metrics, show that they were a much better team with Jokic on the floor. Agreed. But it's not enough for me to be to consider them a title contender because their their bench got deeper. Look at their bench. Their bench is weak. They don't have depth. So it's crazy to me for people to say the Nuggets are a title contender. That's all I'm saying. They don't have the depth to be in the conversation. These kind of conversations will continue on Locked On NBA as well as Locked On (laughs) Warriors. I'm sure they will be talked about. Locked On Celtics, Locked On Bucks, Locked On Clippers. And maybe locked on nets will be able to. I love sift, you, John. I do. I love you. Sift, man. I sift really through do. the storylines and talk about actual basketball at some point in their in their season. Uh, we have been the Locked On NBA host. Thanks for listening to us and uh, continue on the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022. Up next, it's nothing but bet. Your boy Q joins us to give his thoughts on the betting angles around this year's contenders and where you might be able to bring in some cash this NBA season. Continuing on the ultimate pro basketball preview 2022 presented by Odyssey and the Lockdown Podcast Network. Lockdown Bets is your daily one-stop shop for all of your sports wagering needs. Hosted by Lee Sterling and your boy Q every Monday through Friday. And I'm joined by your boy Q right now to talk about some NBA action on what we're calling nothing but bet. Love that segment title. It's a great segment title. Did you come Uh, up with that one? I, I may have had, it may have been a a collaboration. may have been a collaboration. That a boy, that a boy. I appreciate Um, it. 
This contenders group, there's some really interesting bets, I think, or just looking at some of these win totals. The Warriors are only at 52 wins. And like, I got to pound the over on that, even considering what's happening with Draymond and everything right now. You know, it's, it's funny that I look at the total that they had last year, which was 53, you know, and then you talk about 52. I feel like that that's that's fair. Right. I mean, they were a three seed. They weren't mm. the number one seed. I'm interested in seeing how this warrior team comes back this year. Not necessarily because of the Draymond thing, but I thought even last year that they I don't want to say caught lightning in the bottle because they're a hell of a team, as you very well know. But they just it was one of those situations where I feel like that they were getting down to to the end of the run, if that makes sense. Right. And so, uh, you know, Steph had some injuries. Obviously, Clay was coming back. And then, uh, you know, Jordan Poole was able to really carry the load for a while. And then in the playoffs, he wasn't able to carry the load until, you know, it's just it was a hell of a dynamic. And I feel like that they really just kind of flexed their their championship DNA. But they did that last year. So I feel like 52 wins is is about right. It might even be a little bit over. So the, I think the pushback on that is, Guess how many games Draymond, Steph, and Clay played together last year? It was only a handful. It was no. only a handful. Zero. No, you, you can't hold it. You can't hold it in a hand. It's zero. Zero okay. games they played together. Like, this team went through so many different ups and downs that I'm curious to see them back together, them healthy. I mean, the last time we saw them, they had, Dur they had Durant. <laughs> the last time they were really healthy. So right, we haven't right. really seen this Warriors team in the regular season. We also don't know if they're going to care very much in the regular season or about the regular season because they just think, hey, we're gold-blooded. We can make it to the finals no matter what if we get there. The other team that I'm curious if they're going to actually make you know, the regular season matter at all to them is the Clippers. Their win total over-under is 52.5. They get Kawhi Leonard back. They're getting Paul George back. They're maybe the deepest team in the NBA. What's your thoughts on 52.5 for the Clippers? That one is is more realistic, in my opinion, only because what you just said. They're getting all these guys back, right? I mean, a season to go in. And this is the thing with Kawhi. Ever since he's left San Antonio, I never know if he's going to play or not. I never know if he's going to play, <laughs> yeah. how much he's going to play throughout the course of the season. But getting all these guys healthy, that was the biggest key. I think that the Clippers are a really good team. You know, I'm interested in John Wall. You know, I mean, he's back. He's healthy now. Seems like he's hell. He's out there doing the Dougie. He did the Dougie. Right? I mean, he did the Dougie. So, I mean, you know, I, I root for guys like that. I mean, we know he's had a lot going on in his personal life off, off the court. I root for guys like that. So I, I do believe that that is a, a good, a really good win total right there for the Clippers. And as long as those guys stay healthy, and I know that's a big if, uh, that they, they can achieve that. Yeah, I don't know if this team can do the whole, well, we don't care about the regular season and we'll just no. get ready for the playoffs. Like they haven't proven enough yet. No, they made no. they made the conference finals a couple of years ago, but that was without Kawhi Leonard. You know, he couldn't make it healthy. And then, you know, now they're all back. And I think that this team had this team, weirdly, for a Clippers team, has good vibes. Don't pull a Brooklyn Nets. That's my suggestion. Don't no. pull a Brooklyn Nets if you're the Clippers. You have weapons, you have players, you have talent. Maximize it, get the best you can in the regular season, and then go through the playoffs. Don't try to show up in the playoffs like the Nets. They do also have a lot of things to figure out, though. They, like, have all these different oh. machinations of players and, like, who's going to start, who's the four, who's, you know, what's John Wall going to look like, how do we fit him into all this? So that's something they still have to figure out. A uh, team that doesn't have a ton to figure out is the Milwaukee Bucks. They bring back Drew Holiday, and they're the team that won the title a couple years ago. Their over-under right now is 53 Ooh, wins okay. for them. It's one of the higher ones, but, yeah. I mean, Giannis. He's only getting better. He's only getting better. He's one of those guys, and I can appreciate this from, from the Greek freak, is he's one of those guys that won't just rest on what he's done. He's one of those guys that's going to continue to get into the lab, continue to bust his tail, and get better and better and better. And now that he's tasted it and he's been at the highest level, he wants it again. 
right? And he believes that his team can. I thought that they were going to be in the finals. I thought you're going to see a re- a replay of what we saw the season before between the Suns and the the um the the Bucks. I thought we were going to see that again last season. Obviously, it didn't shake out that way, but uh, I could see them getting right back to the mountaintop again. So uh, I know that's a high win total, but uh, I don't mind rocking with that one at all. Yeah, Giannis is one that won't give up nope. regular games. Like the games against the Thunder randomly, like on a Tuesday, or the games against the you know the Wizards where it's like, all right, well, Bradley Beal is getting really hot, but I'm just going to take over this game right now. I'm going to take over this quarter and just end it right here, and then I'm only going to have to play 30 minutes because that's what Giannis does in these regular seasons. Just don't give me as many three-pointers. You know, I don't <laughs> need as many threes from him. I, I Look, give me everything else. You know, every once in a while it's cool, but don't give it to me all the time. Oh, he's still going to take them. He's oh, I still know. Gonna, he's I know. Still- <laughs> But I don't need them. I would rather have that than the Ben Simmons not take threes and then just like be be afraid of free throws thing, right? Like and I think it all shots in general when it comes to Ben Simmons. I want to see the layup when you're right underneath the hoop. It's okay to lay it in. It's okay to jump up and dunk it when it only takes you about a foot to jump. I mean, <laughs> you, you could do that. That's okay. The team that Ben Simmons plays for is the Brooklyn Nets. We have them in this contenders group. Uh, they are in the top five as far as like title odds according to Bet Online. Q, you're shaking your head. You don't believe that this Nets group should be a contender. I really don't, man. And I know that they had the drama this offseason with KD and what he was going to do. And, of course, Kyrie is a, a you know, you, you never know what the hell's going to happen with, with Kyrie. Uh, I do like Royce O'Neal, a little slight addition that they they had. They made that trade uh, with Utah. I think he's a nice little glue piece, but he's not the guy that's going to get you a ton of talk, right? He's not the guy you're going to be like, well, Royce O'Neal, here comes the championship. He's not, <laughs> he's not that guy, right? But uh, I just, I don't trust Steve Nash. I really don't. I don't trust mm. the coach. You know, there's a reason why KD didn't want the coach. Neither does KD. Right, exactly. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't trust him. I don't think that he's a very good coach. And I know everything's going on with uh, Coach Udoka in, in, in Boston right now. I thought he should have been the guy in Brooklyn to begin with. I thought they should have never let him get off of that sideline. They did. They let him get to Boston. And that's a whole nother story. But I, I just, I don't trust this Brooklyn team. You know, Ben Simmons is going to have to prove to me that he's healthy and that his mind is right. Kyrie's going to have to prove that he's going to be engaged all season long. And KD is going to be KD. I, I have no doubt that he'll be the guy, but I don't trust the, the pieces around him. So um, I, I, as much as they're in the contender conversation, they're not not much of a contender to me until I actually see it. You just look at I try to imagine. All right, at the end of the year, Adam Silver's holding the Larry o- O'Brien trophy and he's he's handing it off to Kevin Durant and he's got to say like this is all the things that came together for your team this year. Like that's too many things. Like that's too many things to list off the top. Yep. You know, and it's all self-inflicted. All of it. Like the some of the Ben Simmons stuff, you know, obviously Kevin Durant wanting a trade this offseason. Kevin Durant like giving an ultimatum saying it's me or the coach and the GM. And the team was like, we picked the coach and the GM, but we also pick you because you're under contract right. getting over that. Like there's so many things. This is a, this is a deeper team than last year, right? Like they're not going to be the team that got swept against the Celtics, but yeah, I don't know. Plus 750 to win the title. It's the nah. same odds as the Clippers. Like I, I don't yeah, buy no. that. I would rather, I would rather buy the Clippers injury stock than the drama of the Nets. Agreed, one hundred percent. And you know, look, I think Brooklyn's going to treat the regular season a lot better than they did a season ago, right? I think that Kyrie's going to play, but again, that's just a big think because I don't know. I don't know what pushes Kyrie. I really don't. He is a hell of a player. That dude can produce in a phone booth, right? He can create anytime he wants to. But I just don't know when he's ready to create. I don't know when he's ready to show up. I don't. I don't know if that team could trust him. And so if he, if they can't trust him, I can't trust him.
He could produce in a phone book, <laughs> phone booth. That's some stuff you're going to hear on Locked On Bets all the time, daily. <laughs> I, on like Locked on. I like that one. Uh, the number one team is with, uh, as far as title odds, the Golden State Warriors, plus 575. You weren't feeling their, their regular season win total, so you're not feeling the title odds for them either. No, and, and look, maybe that's because I'm a Warrior fan. Like, let's just go ahead and put it out there. Mm. Um, I, I didn't think they were going to get to the finals last season, and they did. And a lot of people told me, Oh yeah, that's that's a shoe in. They're going to you know they're going to go and uh, be in the finals. And I just I don't know, man. I, I just wasn't feeling it because I felt like a lot had to come together, including guys get healthy. Clay all of a sudden being playoff Clay, which well everything came together. Clay ended up having a couple big games, and you know we all saw what happened. Steph was the MVP of the finals, so it all worked out really well for him. But I just kind of feel like as a guy that was a, a big fan of the Bulls back in the day when they went on their run, it felt like you know they hit a they hit a peak. They went down, they were still winning, but then you kind of realize after they won that final championship, like, yeah, they're not going to win that. They're not going to do that next year. I kind of feel like that with the Warriors, and I know everyone who's a Warrior fan is like, how could you say that? But that's just that's just the gut feeling, man. That's just the honesty in me. I just don't I don't think that they're going to be a, a, a final. I don't even think they're going to be in the finals this upcoming year, but we'll see. I'm trying to imagine our Locked On Warriors host, Cyrus, from the, the things that he said in our roundtables in segments one and two of this episode, hearing you talk about that right now, I think he may, his mind may have exploded if he I better watch over my back. He might come for me, man. You know, he might say Draymond after me, man. I can't be getting Draymond. Don't Draymond me, man. Don't Draymond me. I apologize. <laughs> um, the last one, the Boston Celtics are number two in title odds. They were number one all throughout the offseason, according to Bet Online, and now yep. they're plus 625. Ime Odoka's out. I don't yeah. think he's. I don't think he's coming back. No, I don't. Even either. though it's just a year suspension. But yeah. what does a co- what does a coach do? What does what does losing a coach but having a deeper roster adding Malcolm Brogdon do for this Celtics team that finally got, made it over the hump and made the finals after being in the conference finals so many times? Well, I mean, can they can they score consistently? Right. I mean, that's that was yeah. the big thing. Right. I mean, the Warriors won that championship because there was how many stretches did the Celtics go on where they couldn't hit a bucket? five, six, seven minutes at a stretch, you know? Um, so, of course, they go out and they make the moves to, to in- increase their roster, increase their talent. I think the coach means a lot. I really do, you know? And I've seen, yeah, as again, as a Warrior fan, I've seen when Steve Kerr wasn't there and uh, Luke Longley was no, not Longley, excuse me, Luke, uh, who, <laughs> yeah, Luke Longley was a damn old, I'm still stuck on the Bulls. <laughs> uh, Luke Walton, sorry, Luke Walton took over and they had a hell of a run. You know, so everyone says, oh, coach doesn't matter. But I think at Boston, the coach matters. I think he provides toughness. You know, he gives them a little bit of credibility. I think that they like playing for him. And I know that, you know, the coach that they have that, that's stepping up to be the, the interim coach. I know that he's on the staff. I know they're very familiar with them. But I think coaching matters a, a big deal for this Boston Celtics team. So uh, I don't expect them to have as good of a season they had last year. Um, I don't. They got, what, 51 wins last year and were the two seed. I, I, I expect them to get less than 51 wins this year. Yeah, I think vibes matter going to the finals, and I you can agree. you can you can start the season bad and then get better. But at this point, this I don't know if I would put a long term bet on the Celtics no, at this I point either. Uh, you can get more takes like that on the Locked On Bets podcast daily, hosted by your boy Q himself and Lee Sterling every Monday through Friday. Thank you for joining us for the first episode of the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Don't forget, this is a six-episode series that will continue through October 17th discussing every NBA team with the experts that know them best. Don't miss tomorrow's group, the Revenge Tour. The Phoenix Suns on revenge from their playoff upset. The Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic defending his MVP 
Joel Embiid on the Philadelphia 76ers, wishing he got the MVP last year. Maybe this is the year. The Miami Heat coming back from their conference finals loss last year, as well as the Dallas Mavericks with Luka Doncic as the MVP favorite. Once again, I'm Nick Engstead. And until next time, thank you to our friends at Odyssey and to you, our listener, for watching. Find the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022 on Odyssey or your favorite podcast provider to make sure you don't miss an episode.